0: All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. One. Welcome to Episode 278 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. Half the crew's gone AWOL. So I'm left with Andrew.
1: Hey. <laughs> uh, can you believe there's been 278 of these? Yes. I, I think I remember when it was like me, you, and Lonnie, and I think maybe Ken or, or Daniel. We were doing like episode six or something like years and years ago, and now there's 278, and we haven't really had any duplicate subjects yet. I just – I can't believe that. I, I can't believe it.
0: Well, We're still I, talking I... about Kiss. Well, yeah, we're, we're talking about Kisp and and, Kisp and Wasp and <laughs> uh, other bands now that have uh, toured with, with Kisp to kind of broaden yeah. things out a bit. Uh, yeah. But, you, you know, I'm sure there's a listener out there that can come up with something that we have repeated because, no doubt, but then again as KISS fans, it doesn't really matter, we can repeat ourselves because our opinions change on a daily or momentary basis in many cases so, you know, that's the fun thing about it, you know, depending on what you're reading, what your mood is, you you can always talk KISS and what I like, like that episode I did with uh, Andy for the update on, you know, like his wedding and the KISS cruise is that we ended up on Wasp and I just let the Recording go because it's nice to talk about other things than just the same old, same old. It's always good to talk about new stuff. Which yeah, is why and you're and here.
1: what I love about what I just, I just want to just talk about wasp really quickly. What I love about wasp is that first wasp record, you know, Blackie was playing bass and he was the monster and wanted to be Gene. And then you know the Electric Circus record, Blackie's playing rhythm guitar and jumping around and wanting to be Paul Stanley. So I just I always I always drew that parallel between Wasp and and, and Kiss. Um, so I thought that was uh that was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I, I'm am I'm a huge Wasp fan. The original, the those first couple records, I really really enjoyed.
0: That, that and, You know, the first album is from start to finish, fantastic. Yeah, Live yeah. at the Lyceum, the video, I can yes,
1: watch that. Yes. Over.
0: It's like watching Twisted Sister at Reading, 82, or whatever the festival was that, that their first videos would kind of come out of. All that early stuff is just Those amazing. were cool bands. And then you get into The Last Command, and, you know, Blind in Texas, Blind uh, in Texas. Jack, Jack Action off that album. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. obviously, Blackie's from the old neighborhood. You know, he was buddies with Ace. Um, mm-hmm. He filled in in the New York Dolls, and then went mm-hmm. out uh, west coast with Arthur Kane.
1: So, Played with Lizzie Gray, you know, in in, in all those bands, and, and been tied to Nikki Six and you know, all all this stuff. So uh, yeah, those early records I really really love. I did, I don't really love what they were doing in like the '90s. I, you know, they kind of lost me a little bit there. Um, this is actually one of the bands I've I've actually never seen live. So, uh, maybe when they come around again I'll go and see uh go and see old Blackie We'll see I would
0: love to but they don't really seem to do a lot of touring, especially out towards San Francisco, but no one really tours out here um they do well in Europe
1: mm-hmm.
0: Blackie's aging horrendously and mm-hmm. using tracks and mm-hmm. it's really obvious,
1: but I'm not, like <laughs> not, not giving g- a fuck' not giving a
0: fuck so you, you know i I guess I would go and see him and not necessarily listen, and I have you know <laughs> downloaded a few boots of uh you know shows here and there just to see what he's doing so
1: yeah, you know yeah, anyway yeah.
0: anyway, people probably have had enough of wasp for one wasp. week. so yeah, yeah, you
1: yeah, know, yeah, yeah,
0: let's get into uh. some other stuff you know, obviously, you're here for a purpose and yeah. uh, tell tell people what you've been working on, what's happening today.
1: Tonight. So if you follow me on if you follow me on Facebook, you know that I've been pimping the greatest show on earth Encore Edition, which is, you know, me George Lucasing myself and going back in and giving a really good spit shine and, and fixing a lot of things, not adding a really bad CGI Java, but basically making this the absolute best that I absolutely can, doing a full color correction, um you know, just making it widescreen and making it more of a cinematic experience. So I've been pimping this since uh late August, early September. And uh the release date is Halloween. Or is it? So hopefully by the time you see this, maybe you know, you'll already have seen me throw it up online. Maybe you won't. But uh make sure you follow Facebook.com slash greatest show on earth No spaces, no capitals. To get all the updated information, to get all the cool pictures, I'm going to share the cool trailers and and everything that has to do with the movie. And uh, you know, we're going to talk about it today, and we're going to talk about why it's cool, why Julian doesn't like it, why I don't like it. You know, we're just gonna, it's um, it's we're gonna break it down and, and really just focus on that. This is something for the fans, by the fans. This is something that was done out of an extreme love for for the this band, Kiss and an extreme love for making movies and and video editing. This was a passion project. This was something I dreamed of for years and something that I was really, really happy to do. And it was blown away by the initial reception of it. So it made all the sense in the world to me to go back and make sure it was as good as it possibly could be for everybody to enjoy and to enjoy for free.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the key points about it is you enjoyed it so much the first time around, you had to do it over again. Um, <laughs> and, and that's one of the key things that people are going to ask, you know, why is there an encore edition? You know, what is kind of the, the driving factor that made you go and do it? And, you know, I must say you, you mentioned George Lucas there and you, you did pull a few of his tricks out of the, uh, out of did. The, the old uh, hat there.
1: Well, here's what I did. Um, I flew out to L.A. and it's a I, I'm in Cleveland. So it was like a four hour flight. And I, I loaded my phone with a bunch of movies. And for some reason, I think I did something wrong. And like whatever I wanted to watch wasn't on there. So I'm like, man, what am I going to do on this flight? So I had the greatest show on earth on my phone. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, this sucks. I don't even like this. And I was just like critiquing. I'm like, man, that part is awful and the colors are off here and this is bad here. And why did I leave it in widescreen? This is just not good. I mean, I, I've talked this up for months and I've talked it up on every podcast you can imagine, you know, including my own back then. It, you know, so I, I was talking it up. It's this great thing. And then I'm watching it. And I'm like, man, this isn't even that good. So I knew right then and there that I wanted to go back in. I wanted to the the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make it and put it in widescreen to kind of give it more of a cinematic and a movie like experience. It's still in standard definition because I'm going off of old VHS tapes and old, you know, things that were captured on videotape. So there's no there's gonna be no advantage of putting it in high definition because you'd just be making the the smaller pixels even bigger. It would look really bad. So I went back in, I, I made it widescreen. After I did that, I kind of was like, well it it was i learned a lot when doing it so i wanted to kind of go back and kind of comb over it again to kind of make sure i got all the really great shots and i wanted to make sure i I got all the really great things so some of the shots are a little bit different some of the things are, are synced a little bit differently a little bit better than they were and then i kind of looked at the film and i was like well i know i use these two concerts from largo maryland from houston and they look different but what can i do to make them look really really similar So I went over and did a full color correction. So if you watch the original greatest show on earth and you watch the encore edition, it it looks like a totally different, totally different movie because I didn't even realize how green the initial one was and and how just, you know, bad it was looking. So I went back in and I I recolor corrected everything and made everything match. And then I wanted to be like, well, you know what? Um, I want to add some more songs. So I went back in, I added making love and I want you and. After watching Kiss at Midnight, which just passed 70,000 views, if you can believe that, so thank you for anyone that streamed and watched that.
0: That's absolutely amazing.
1: 70,000 views. What was cool about Kiss at Midnight is because I used that one radio program of Allison Steele's, it kind of gave a cohesiveness to the whole story that really wasn't there in the initial greatest show on earth because I used about 10 or 15 different interviews to kind of tell the Kiss story. So I looked back at the archives and I go, what's the longest interview and what's the most in-depth interview that I can use to tell this Kiss story over the course of the film? So I settled on the the Tomorrow Show interview, and I know it's from 1979, but that kind of let me stretch out a little bit. The concert and everything is still set in 1977 and 1978, but this interview kind of weaves this story, and it it has Kiss tell their story, and it kind of brings everything together. So uh, the documentary clips are completely redone you still get to see some of the cool stuff that i had in there you know the midnight special footage some of the in concert footage but it's now it's hosted by tom snyder and you have kiss telling their story in in the most cohesive way that you possibly can have it told at that time for that time so initially this would have come out in 1978 but now it would have come out in in 1979 so you get you get this new experience and this new story told by kiss themselves so um you know, I've watched it a bunch of times, you know, Julian, you, you've you seen it, you know, when you watch this, you're like, yeah, man, that's, that's my kiss. That's, that's when I want to show someone kiss, this is what I want to show them. So going back in and, and just from the ground up rebuilding, this was freaking awesome. I had so much fun doing it and, and I can't wait for you guys to to see it.
0: Yeah, and I think it makes sense that the Tom Snyder interview is, of course, from Halloween as well. So
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's uh, ties in quite nicely. With-
1: yeah, I was going to release it on the anniversary of Kiss Alive Two, which um, you know, we we because there which really wasn't a which date bill- you going to
0: choose for that?
1: Listen, there wasn't a billboard back then. There wasn't a sound scan back then. So. Kiss Alive 2 came out in October of 1977. Some people say October 14th, October 24th. Like who who cares? who really cares at this point? It's it's a, it's superfluous. It really is. So, um I, I settled on Halloween because Halloween and, and Kiss, what could be better? So, um it it'll be streaming everywhere on Halloween. And what I mean by streaming, um just because of the way that YouTube is, I wasn't really able to kind of go in and uh And put it on YouTube because I did use Kiss Alive too. So the YouTube bots would have taken me down. So it is on another streaming service called the Vimeo, which I pay monthly to be a part of. And uh, hopefully it will be up there for a really, really long time. But it's basically just like YouTube. You can go on there and stream it at any time. So this this isn't going to be just a a one-shot thing like we did for the Hot in the Shade show on Facebook. This is going to be something you can watch in the comfort of your home uh, at any time. So uh, stream it as much as you can, as often as you can. Uh, You won't be able to download it, so you'll just be able to stream it from uh, Vimeo.com, which if you follow greatest show under Facebook.com, slash greatest show on the KISS, there's going to be a link right there. Click on that link, and it'll look just like YouTube. It's just not YouTube. It's just a different streaming service.
0: What was it that led you to just use Vimeo instead of any of the other platforms? Was that like a a particular decision apart from I, I think
1: the videos look better on Vimeo? The videos look better on Vimeo because Vimeo is something that's used in, in the professional sector where a lot of people share a lot of their items on Vimeo, like a lot of professional production studios um use Vimeo to, to share all their production clips. So uh, it just made all the sense in the world to me to use Vimeo and to upload my my footage there. So uh Vimeo is awesome. Vimeo's been great to me. Um, you know, I'll definitely use Vimeo, you know, in in the future for 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 any projects.
0: So What do you think are people going to enjoy most about this Encore Edition? And I like your poster in the background, by the way.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny that you mention that, because before I get into why people are going to enjoy this Encore Edition, I I did print up a bunch of these, which, uh, man, they look like they were ripped right out of Cream Magazine in, in the 70s. So what's cool about this Encore Edition... Is I do have two screenings set up, so you can come and see this on the big screen and and enjoy it with a bunch of other KISS fans. Uh, The screenings are November 2nd in Long Island, New York, and November 7th right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Both screenings you you can attend. uh, the, The screening here in Cleveland is benefiting local families and local schools in need, so... Admission is 100% free as long as you bring an unopened school supply or a non-perishable food item so that we could donate that to all these families that, that are in need around this holiday season. But um get all the details on that. Log on to that Facebook page. You'll see the Facebook event to come and do that. And if you come to one of those events and, and you want one of these awesome posters, uh, you can bet your ass I'm going to give you one because I, I printed these up for you guys so you guys could enjoy this cool artwork. That uh, that was done by uh, a like guy called Casabunta. Then I went in and, and you know encore editioned it and made it look cool like this, like it was a ripped up poster out of a a magazine from the seventies. So uh, what I hope people enjoy from this, I hope people just play it loud. I I, pre- I really really do. I hope they I hope people get the same feeling I did uh, watching it as I did making it because this is a passion project. I think and that's uh, one I, of the
0: keys when you watch it is yeah. I've watched it my god it must be at least 15 times between the the multiple versions and also you know i did see a couple of edits but yeah it was it was every time i started watching it i couldn't stop watching it which is really weird Uh, you know because obviously i i have collected a lot of bootleg videos over the years and there's very few of them that i will sit and watch all the way through i mean you take the houston show uh, both of those you take largo there's only so many times that you can actually sit there and go through them before it gets old. So that's what I've really found is one of the standout things and one of the real wins about your project is how it does draw you back in. And because it has a narrative running through it, it kind of keeps you there. You know, you may flip over onto a web page and go, you know, do something else. But then you come back and you're you're like, okay, you know, just continue. And that's what I love about, like, the linear nature. Well, everything's linear, but you know what I mean. It, it, It grabs you in and keeps you going.
1: And that was one of the things I noticed early on because I had the original idea for this in October 2017. And I remember I was on a really long drive by myself. So i had like my notepad open and I was just narrating ideas to the notepad. Like this is – maybe I'll do this. Maybe this will happen. Maybe I'll be able to do this. Um, it, it was one of those things where I, I was talking about doing it, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. And if I could do it, I didn't know if it was going to be any good. So I remember the very first time that I, I made it somewhat of a final edit, and, and then I watched it on my TV, and I sat, and, and I watched it from beginning to end. And I looked at my roommate, and I was like, holy shit. I did it. I I did what I said I was going to do. I, this is, this, I mean, I'm not just saying because I did it. I'm like, this might be the coolest 70s Kiss thing that's come out in a long time. And, And I just, I couldn't believe that I had the idea and then I actually did it. So, you know, there are so many ideas that we all have that, you know, for one reason or another, maybe we can't come to fruition. But I was just amazed that I had this idea. I did it and it was good people liked it i couldn't believe it because while i was making it i'm like man no one's going to care about this this is just a bunch of concert footage synced to kiss alive too and and some people that i showed to that aren't kiss fans they don't even know that they're watching three different concerts and listening to a completely different audio source they have no idea and that lets me know that it was a job well done because you can't tell that i took these pieces of footage and sped some of them up slowed some of them down and made them match the audio of kiss alive 2 this looks like it like this looks like it was one cohesive project that happened at that time you don't know you don't know and and when people say that it draws them in or that they didn't notice or they enjoy it i mean that's just that's you know for for me it's it, it means everything so you know um I can't wait for for fans to see it now and I can't wait for fans to show it to their kids or their neighbors or people that are just discovering Kiss and hopefully this lives on a hell of a lot longer than me. Let's hope. I you know?
0: well, should. Sure. I mean, again, it's, it is art and, uh, you know, when I say it, it draws you in and keeps you watching, it's, it's kind of funny that we've seen the footage before. Yeah. Seen Hundreds of times. Of it before and, you know... It, it really is a matter that you've taken something uh that already exists that people maybe don't value anymore and reinvested you know reinvigorated it with new value because mm-hmm. of uh i i guess the passion and energy that you put into it comes across
1: yeah 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 and and, and again i just want to tell if people haven't seen because there are still some fans that haven't seen it or, or don't know what it is um I I did sync, you know, concerts to Kiss Alive too and then I used all available TV footage that was either uh, available in the bootleg circuits or on the official Kissology releases to tell the Kiss story. So there is no new footage here. So I don't want anybody watching this, excuse me, thinking, "Oh my god, I'm going to see some unreleased footage." You're not. That wasn't the point of this. The point of this was to tell a a, a story of Kiss in the 70s, what would it have been like if Kiss released an in-concert movie in the 70s? So I didn't really use any monitor, you know, editing tricks. I didn't, you know, use a bunch of J.J. Abrams lens flares or a bunch of 3D animation. I did none of that crap. I'll, I just took it back to exactly what it was, and I grained everything up, and I made it look like something that could have come out in the 70s. And that's what I wanted it to do. I wanted this to be, you know, Led Zeppelin has "Song Remains the Same," Kiss has "The, the Greatest Show on Earth." So, um, and it you know, a lot of
0: scale to 60 FPS, Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, what
1: well, yeah, yeah. It's not 60 FPS or 1080p. where those extra 30 frames come from. Nobody knows. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but I mean the, the end game with this is this is my resume. This is my calling card. I hope people see this and go, well, Hey, this is really cool. I wonder if he could do something like this for me. You know, maybe another band is going to see it. I don't think that kiss is going to release this because it would be expensive to license the music because the music does belong to universal. I I hope that maybe they see this and they go, well, maybe we can create the feeling with something else that we have ownership of. And maybe Andrew's the guy to do it. You know, maybe Andrew and Tommy Thayer work on a kiss video together. I, I don't know. I'm making such a big push on this to hopefully get the band's attention. This isn't a ploy for me to sell a bunch of copies. Nothing is for sale. There's never any physical copies that are going to be available ever. You can't download this. You can't buy this. These posters, you're not going to buy them. They're all everything is all giveaway. This this isn't about this isn't a money-making scheme. This is something that is done to show what I can do. I mean, some people would like laminate their resumes or they would print their resumes of really expensive paper. This is my resume. And this is something I love. So, you know, hopefully it gets into the right hands. And if it doesn't, that's cool. I just hope that a lot of people enjoy it as much as I enjoy putting it together.
0: Yeah, and here we are talking about it again. I'm, I'm again, giving, I'm again. Not just, giving, I'm not just giving you a platform. <laughs> it's because I believe in it as well. I, I, mean, I really, I, I really I, appreciate that. I try that. not to have anyone on this show whose project I don't believe in and aren't mm-hmm. able to support wholeheartedly. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. I, I want to preach to the choir. And you know, we're going to talk about some other things as well. Yeah, but,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. The, the only, the only, the, the last thing I kind of want to mention on this is, you know, there have been some talk, there have been some rumors about cease and desist being going around, and Kiss telling me to stop and blah blah. This, I, I just want to set this all straight. In every show I go on, I, I'm really, really adamant about this. I've never been issued a cease and desist. I've never been told to stop. The band has never said, "You scam baddie does this and fuck him." This and that. It's never happened. That's not saying that it won't. And if I ever were to get a cease and desist, I, I would obviously comply with that. But. I really think that I've been so outspoken about I don't want people to buy this. I don't want people to download this. If you are going to enjoy it, make sure you own Kiss Alive 2. Make sure you own Kissology Volume 1 and 2. You know, it's These fan edits and fan films, they're such a gray area as far as their legalities go. We don't know if they're considered fair use or we don't know if they're completely illegal. I know there have been several cases that have been thrown out by Supreme Court about if someone is going to get sued or, or, or not or if the copyright holders are going to either have you stop or have you not stop. So there's a real gray area with all of these fan film things. But the one thing that has been constant throughout all these fan films that I've researched is as long as the producers of the film aren't making money, generally the copyright or the intellectual property holders are saying, hey, this if this is something you believe in, go and do it. Because what are you going to do when you watch The Greatest Show on Earth and you love it? Are you going to give Andrew Scambaddy money? Probably not. And please don't. You're going to go and buy a Kiss record. Or you're going to go and buy a Kiss shirt. Or you're going to be like, hey, I love this so much. I want to go see Kiss one more time when they come around on the end of the road tour again. Or I want to buy this thing or I want to go on Kiss Online. You're going to support the band. So, again, it says it in the beginning of the film. Support the film by supporting Kiss. And that's that's as as crystal clear and as, you know, upfront as I can be. This isn't a money-making scheme. It's different than the people that used to run the Kiss Vision back in the early and late 90s, how they were selling videos, 15 bucks a pop at, at a yeah. convention. Or you know? the assholes who still sell videos on Facebook. Yeah, there are people that do that. So this isn't that. I've never sold videos. I never will sell videos. This is not for sale. You can't – and the great thing about Vimeo is I turned off the download option. So you cannot log on to this website and download. And to my knowledge, you can't use any third-party software to download from there. And if you find out that you can, don't do it. So it's it's one of those things that if you want to watch it, you got to stream it, and you got to stream it from me. And, and hopefully, it's one of those things that, that takes on a life of its own and – and maybe the band takes notice, you know, who, who knows? I mean, I guess a lot of fans are, are kind of under the assumption that we can't send the band a message, but we absolutely can. If we come together on something like this, that's positive and, and we want to get you know behind it, we can send the band a message as to what we want and, and what we want to see because they'll take notice. They'll be like, well, what this guy, he's, this is just one guy yeah and he's and got come, all these come
0: on, metrics are metrics seventy thousand downloads, yeah. even if they've not watched this, if they've heard of someone doing a project that got seventy thousand downloads, probably the first question they asked did he make any money off it? and then okay, so why did people watch this what would and then you know maybe they had someone check it out and report back <laughs> to them so you know it, you'd well be the the great thing about no kiss news that... gets around.
1: Well, the great thing about Kiss at Midnight is, since it is on YouTube, uh, the YouTube algorithms have not blocked it, to my knowledge. I checked it a couple days ago; it hasn't blocked it. So, what YouTube has done is the YouTube algorithms knew that I used footage from Kissology, so they were able to. They, I'm not monetizing it, but the copyright holders are monetizing it. So there are ads that run in there. So any revenue generated from that has gone to the copyright holders. So I know people have you know four or five million views in their videos. So that's where the, the serious money is made, but any revenue that's been generated through ads through YouTube on that has already gone to Universal Music. So there's your twenty dollars. You, know? <laughs> you know. So uh YouTube has already monetized that and, and has disallowed me personally to monetize mm-hmm. it. So you know, um, and this is this is all this has all been uh this has all been a brainchild and a creation of me. There hasn't been anyone else that's that's been on board with this or that has helped me create this. There have been people that have watched it and give me tips. There have been some people that have done some artwork for me. Um, But no, this is, this has just been me. And And I say it like that, not to be egotistical about it, I'm just saying that because if any legal ramifications were to happen, it's it's all on me. So, um, yeah,
0: no, but like a, uh, nothing to do with me, by the way. I was just fingering my collection of cease and desists when you brought that <laughs> up because I've got quite a few through 20, what, 25 years of interwebbing and websites. Uh, holy shit, yeah, I've got a lot yeah. of paperwork in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, the band has never has never um, stopped this project, and and maybe they know about it, maybe they don't. I, I don't really know. Uh, all the times that I've been around the band, it's been in a professional atmosphere that's headed by someone else. So, you know, when I was working with Gene Simmons, Money Back Soda, doing all these events while they were on the road, it wasn't my place to walk up to Gene or Paul and be like, "Hey, by the way, I got this thing that's going on," because I wasn't there. That wasn't the purpose I was being there. The purpose I was there was to do a job, to film or to edit or, or to do whatever, and and, ma- and maybe that's why I'll be back to film or edit, do something again, because I, I I treat it that way like a job. I wasn't there to push myself on them. I was there as a member uh, of that family, and uh, and I'll always be a member of of that family. So, um, you know. Maybe the day I'll come where I hand Gina um, uh, a copy or a link or a business card that says, hey, this is a QR code. Take a picture with your phone. It'll take you right there. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that it's just the right place and, and the right time. But maybe they already know about it. And maybe that's why I haven't been stopped yet. Who knows? Or maybe they're waiting for Halloween to send me season to sis. I, I don't know. That would be quite humorous, I, I tell you. But um, but uh, but anyway, like like I mentioned before, and like I will say in, in every show that I'm going to be on, because I, I do have quite a few shows that I'm going to be on over the next couple weeks, the Deciple Geek, and I'm going to be live in the Kiss Room on November 1st. Uh, I'll say it then, I'll say it now, and I'll say it however many times. This isn't a money-making scheme. And if you really believe in this film and you really want to support the film – Support the band. Send Kiss Online a message. Buy a new Alive 2 shirt from KissOnline.com. Buy the new you know, 180 gram double LP that was just reissued by Universal in 2014. Or, you know, go and go and buy a concert tickets. Or, or, or go and buy some some posters. You know, support the film by supporting the band. And that's all I can say about that. Righteous. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I have a really bad habit of not being able to wait till the release date. So it's possible by the time you see this, it's possible that you might be able to see The Greatest Show on Earth streaming. I I can't confirm nor deny, but uh, again, watch Facebook.com slash Greatest Show on Earth Kiss. And well, maybe you know, you'll my be surprised.
0: Episodes, my episodes go up within an hour of being recorded, <laughs> so you'll you be have to be pretty busy to get yours out before this episode's up.
1: All right, so. that 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 definitely is not going to happen. That definitely is <laughs> not going to happen because there there is a lot of material that you know I, I've prepared for the release. You know, uh, different videos that are that are modified just for Facebook. Some that are Instagram cover photos, Facebook photos. You know, um, there are certain I, people. I saw
0: your post today, by the way, of the uh, Super the Cream magazine Green cover. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, you know, it it takes people back and they remember stuff when you play around with the layouts and you integrate your own stuff on those themes. I I mean, other people have done it for their projects as well, but it's just always nice. You're just looking at a cover, and you're like, oh, greatest show on earth puckers up, and you know, you're like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah some was like, someone's like, man, I
1: someone's like man I need that cream magazine show me the kiss of that cream magazine I go did you read that and then I go to the top I go Kiss's new in concert film dazzles moviegoers. you know rock and roll matinee with Kiss greatest show puckers up <laughs> fan films and the unknown legalities fans rejoice <laughs> but uh, you know there it is right there I did this last night uh, on my computer it was a lot of patience a lot of clone stamp No, that's and uh, fun. that's fun and all the text was redone. That's how I was able to integrate it to, you know, say what I wanted to say. But, um, but yeah, again, facebookcom kiss is the official Facebook page where you'll be able to see it. You know, follow that page, friend me on Facebook. I mean, it, it's gonna be everywhere. If you have a Kiss fan page, please, you know, holler at me and and I'll, I'll throw you some pictures. I'll throw you some some cool links. That, you know, let's let's really get the word out. Let's enjoy this band for as long as we possibly can and this is hopefully something that's going to have people enjoy it let's hope yeah,
0: but also this kind of proves that you can enjoy the band for a long time to come because these sorts yeah. of things you know that you don't just do them while they're still with us you do them to celebrate them forever and there'll be other ways to do it, uh with other sorts of videos and other themes and other storylines to follow. I still think So the, wait, uh, so
1: wait, are you saying are you saying that there's another video coming? Is that what you're saying?
0: Me? I say nothing. I suggest nothing. I know nothing. Nothing.
1: Well, for those of you that are going to stream The Greatest Show on Earth, there is a really cool teaser trailer that's going to be attached to all versions of that. So maybe there's something coming later on. I don't know. Maybe there is. Just be on the lookout, February February 2020. February 2020.
0: Or maybe we'll have to do another uh, streaming <laughs> of uh, Fort Wayne, huh? That actually oh
1: was, yeah, that's that right, that's wouldn't. right. You know, uh, I, I haven't been able to kind of get online and, and talk about that or, or be uh, with the people that have done that. But th- that was a great response. And, and, uh you know, a huge thanks to you for giving me the opportunity to have access to that footage. And huge thanks to the people that watched it and, and enjoyed it. It was one of those things that there weren't any assholes. It was just people going, hey, this was cool. Do you remember? I saw them here. I saw them here. And, oh, my God, they're doing tears are falling. Or look at this here. This is so cool. It was one of those things where everyone was kind of just – Thumbs up and everyone else and just enjoying it. So uh, it, it was it was really really cool. I, I really really enjoyed doing that. I definitely want to do one of those again for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I totally. I, I got off watching people Didn't make exactly those sorts of comments.
1: Yeah. God, it's like fucking. <laughs> it's like a bus.
0: No, a skateboarder, just <laughs> I need to put some more little rocks down to.
1: <laughs> so they so they fall.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but getting back to uh, you know the uh, the Fort Wayne thing, I mean no, that was just a real fun way to show people video. I mean obviously when you do have footage that you really can't use, you know it's nice to take several different videos that you really can't use individually.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, if if you've got enough angles to actually make something, again it's you, you did all the editing. And you yeah. created a really good story, something that was very entertaining. And people you know, were watching it, and they were, like, kept tagging Bruce, which I thought was really cool. Um,
1: I wonder if Bruce actually saw it.
0: I don't know. I, I never asked I wonder him if he saw. You know, after that. So why don't we get into some t- topics from the board and yeah. you know, talk about some other stuff, because people are probably wondering, you know, how long are you going to let Andrew just talk about himself? Well, now I'm going to let Andrew talk about the board.
1: <laughs> so there was a, and I gotta put my glasses on because I'm old, guys. Like I, I, I can't see without the glasses now. Um, so there, there was a topic that uh, was the poster is Diablo Arcade. If I'm saying that right. Uh, Psycho Circus era nostalgia brings back Superhero Kiss. And what kind of stood out to me about this post is this poster made parallels between the Psycho Circus era and the Super Kiss era from from 1979. I mean, just, just think about that for a minute. I, you know, during the Psycho Circus era, there there were a lot of parallels. I mean, Kiss had uh, a video game, The Nightmare Child, which kind of mirrored the pinball machine in the seventies. There were new comics where Kiss had just done comics with Marvel in the seventies. There were, you know, new lines of action figures that were based on the comics that kind of echoed the Amigo dolls of, of yesteryear. There was all this visual media, the VHS and the, and the CD single, which were kind of like, oh, well, the visual media back then was maybe the Viewmasters that you can get. There was a long form video that, that was out, which is kind of, kind of like the dynasty promo that was being sent out to all those TV stations. And there was a 3D gimmick that, that was on tour. So, I know this is when you first saw the band for their first time at uh, at Dodger Stadium on Halloween 1998, which, man, it's a lot of years ago. Um, but do you think that there could be parallels drawn between the Psycho Circus era and the Return of Kiss Dynasty era? I know Kiss has a really bad habit of trying to draw parallels between their studio works and Destroyer. But do you think that there's a huge parallel between Dynasty and Psycho Circus?
0: Well, yeah, you have uh, the band not playing on the album.
1: Mm-hmm. You've oh yeah, got, I didn't even mention that. I didn't even mention that.
0: You've got a an inappropriate producer being brought in to work on a Kiss project because mm-hmm. Vinny Poncia of course, was very inappropriate for a Kiss project, and you have to go back to the politics that surrounded his choice um, to work on the project. It certainly, while Paul may have fallen in love with his pop pretensions later, it certainly wasn't being done for from Paul's point of view initially, though you can be mm-hmm. pretty sure Gene and Paul's uh, word would have been strongly um, required in order for it to really happen, but because yeah. it was being done to placate certain members of the band, so with that you have the parallel of Fairburn being brought in, which still boggles my mind to this day. As being a horrendous choice. When you think of the discussions that were going on about the producer for the album in 1997, when you know they they committed to doing an album, I don't think too many people were coming up with his name. And if they were, it certainly everyone
1: wanted behind. to be Ezrin. Yeah,
0: Ezrin Kramer,
1: Kramer um, yeah.
0: and that was or Bob Rock. I think was the other one who was kind of mm-hmm. mentioned. So y- you've got those parallels between kind of the Super KISS um era all the things that you mentioned obviously are completely valid. You've got direct lines between seventy nine and ninety eight um or seventy eight and ninety eight for, you know, the the junk, all the all the feces that went with
1: That's Spencer's crap.
0: That Spencer's crap, indeed. Which I don't have a single item of it. I've had dolls, and I sold them as fast as I could. Um, I won a set from Kiss Freaks one year, and I just couldn't wait to get rid of them because yeah, but you
1: got to admit those two foot stupid. ones are pretty cool. I've those two foot them. thing. Those
0: two. Those, oh wait, I, I, I just I I yeah, I saw the I saw the big ones in Indy. Uh, Joe Odell had a set and showed yeah,
1: me. Yeah, the, they I mean, I the, the destroyer. The destroyer ones are cool. They kind of sing. I mean, it's it's cool. Those were done by a company called Art Asylum, which was kind of one of those one of the very first like boutique action figure companies that weren't like your Hasbro or your Toy Biz or your Mattel or things like that. So it was a little boutique company, Art Asylum. They did the first set of Mini Mates as well too. Art Asylum was big on the Mini Mates uh, back in the day. So I thought those were cool. I, I thought some of the things were were cool, but I thought it was a lot of junk, like a lot of junk. Yeah. But, you know,
0: primarily junk, but you know, it it went off a deep end in ninety eight and you knew it was gonna happen as soon as the reunion did that they were gonna put a license on just about anyone who would pay a fee. You know, so you ended up with things that to me were just absolutely idiotic. I mean Johnny E. Lightning, diecast, cars, uh, those things were just idiotic. Garbage.
1: Can't give um, them away now.
0: They couldn't do the trading cards properly. I mean, those were just lost opportunities as far as I was concerned. But then again, there's a lot of legal and logistics that go into getting pictures, and uh, you know, obviously uh, it's a much bigger issue than we will ever understand as fans, and most fans would ever care to learn about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a complete mire, just like when you start, you know, you were talking about licensing music and all of that uh, before. Horrendous. So, Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, it, it's – I mean that's – this is – you're getting to to my Kiss era because I, I was definitely aware and a fan of the band before 96, but once I saw a Kiss on The Simpsons in 96 before Tiger Stadium back in makeup, I, I was hooked. So Psycho Circus was the first record I bought the day that it came out, and I was just – it was an overdrive. I was – I couldn't wait to see Kiss on Fox, and I couldn't wait to do – see any of that stuff. So this is – this era holds – is really really dear to me, just like you know, Asylum is really dear to you because you know you purchased that record the day it came out. You know you remember listening to that as a kid. So for me, I remember putting the Psycho Circus CD in my boombox and taking it out of the boombox and putting it in my Windows PC and seeing all the cheap little screensavers and yeah, logging there was, on the KissOnline.net. Online a big about
0: be- becoming a fan in '85. You could buy Asylum and then that was it. You couldn't find the Tears Are Falling single anywhere in Binghamton. I don't think I ever saw a picture sleeve with it. I don't remember ever seeing anything other than the, I think, A World Without Heroes at a second-hand record shop in terms of single. It wasn't like you were going out and then buying all of these magazines with Kiss on the cover. I was just buying Circus magazines because they had Def Leppard, Van Halen, Wasp, you know, Motley Crue, and occasionally, oh, there's B. Arthur, I mean, Gene Simmons, you know. (laughs) Uh, in the Asylum Era outfits, so you, you would get some pictures here and there. So you weren't collecting anything. Like when the floodgates opened again in 1998, I was going down to a local comic store here on Gary in San Francisco and asking if they had the Psycho Circus comic, and they're like, there they are right there. And I started buying them because it was three blocks from my apartment. That was as far as I went in 98 into the merchandising. Then I got up to, I think, 23... And I, I sold them. I I I never read a single one of those freaking comic books. I was never a comic book guy.
1: And I have issue two, like the original first run. I have issue two, and uh, I was looking at that, and I wasn't really. I didn't really like the artwork. Just like I didn't like the Kiss Nation artwork either. That was that uh, that mid '90s comic that that came out. I really wasn't uh, a huge fan of that either. It, it just for me, it was just. I don't know. I, I just I just really love the Marvel art. I really did. And I like this art too. Got the just got this. I don't know why I didn't have this. So I just got this. So these unofficial comics from the from the mid 90s. Um, but I just I wasn't a fan of the artwork. You know, I just I really thought it was kind of cheesy. In my opinion.
0: I'm usually not a fan of the storylines either. You
1: know. No, the storyline was terrible. Awful. There's actually there's one um, I I don't know if it's the Psycho Circus ones that might have been after that uh, where it was the 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 storyline was Kiss Me, the Phantom two uh, and it was a I don't know a four or five issue run and I thought that was kind of cool where um it, it kind of continued the story of Kiss Me, the Phantom so that was kind of cool um, I don't even know if I still have that I have to I have to check but uh, that was kind of cool but everything else I always thought the comics were kind of just meh. Nothing nothing has met the magic of those first Marvel comics for me, and never has. Even the new ones. Some of the stuff is cool, but those first Marvel books, they got it right. They they really did.
0: Yeah, so I want to talk about a topic as well, you know, and yeah. get, get your thoughts on that. And obviously yeah. it's one that's got quite a bit of action going on, and it's not who you might think it is. <laughs> the growing frustrations with Kiss and Bruce, all resulting from Mitch Lafon's interview with Bob the other day, which, I, you know what, I haven't listened to it. You know, Me I've neither. Had, I've had interactions with Bob that were colorful um, on one occasion, and on other occasions have been absolutely, you know, he was an absolute gentleman in Las Vegas uh, when I bumped into him at Paul's Vault and uh, other times on the cruise very nice. Uh, I was actually uh, at the Cruise Fest last year or uh, whatever it was called last year. I can't keep track of all these things. Um, My vendor table was right next to him and I got to basically sit with him all evening long uh, at uh, the event while he signed an absolute ton of stuff and had a lot of really good interactions and he was really pleasant and nice all the time. Now I'm going by everything that's been kind of um, written about the comments in there. Um, I, I think Bob probably doesn't get the recognition that he might well feel he deserves. He's is a Grammy-nominated. He's, I believe, won Grammys. He's mm-hmm. played with Diana Ross. He's played Meatloaf. with Michael, Michael Bolton. He, I believe he was the first guitarist in blackjack before... Bruce was, because if you go back on those credits, he co-wrote stuff on the Blackjack albums with them. So I think he, he put them together. Um, I don't know the details. That would actually be a good question for him about his role in Blackjack mm-hmm. back then. I'd love a little bit more clarity on that from both him and Bruce. But, you know, he was recording with Michael Wendroff in the early 70s. Lou Reed, Coney Island Baby. I mean, Lou fucking Reed. Not my cup of tea, but there's no denying um, you know, how important he is as an artist. So, you know, Bob has one hell of a resume and, you know, obviously doesn't feel he, he gets, well, the exposure that maybe he deserves or doesn't because most people don't care about session players. Um, they're there to do a job, they get paid a fee, they do their stuff. And then, See you, you know, like you you get a credit on Paul Stanley's solo album, and uh, you don't get a credit for Mr. Speed, which was actually, I was reading a circus magazine today where the, they were talking about the first two demos that have been recorded for Rock and Roll Over and how they'd heard a really great version of Mr. Speed. This is uh August '76, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and Baby Driver. and I'm, I'm like, Bob played on Mr. Speed, you know. Uh, so Bob, I immediately thought of you today when I was reading about the Mr. Speed demo in an August 76 edition of uh, Circus Magazine So, you know, we know about him We know yeah. about Skull We know about Blackthorn We know about uh, Guitar Commando and, you know, all of that stuff We know about Spin the Bottle But the average public doesn't care
1: is it should the should the title of the thread be growing frustrations between Bob Kulik and Kiss because you know I, I know that Bob Kulik for one reason or another it's never been publicized as to why it happened Bob Kulick was asked to step off the last cruise that he was scheduled to be on so is it frustrations between Bob and, and Kiss or is it really frustrations between Bruce and Kiss because isn't Bruce on this cruise coming up
0: he's not on the cruise I don't think or is he I, actually I, I don't remember I think he is me neither
1: Neither. Um, I don't remember. Because either. I'm not
0: going, I haven't paid as close attention as, uh, you know, obviously I, with having Joe on the show about Cruise Fest, i you know, know what's going on there. But, you know, I don't know what the details were. I know that he basically w- walked the plank off the cruise. I know that they had wanted to do more with. The Kulick brothers, and obviously, there was a lot of you know desire from the fans, but then you come back to the business of it has to remain an exclusive to the you know kind of the Kiss Gravity Well. Where else have you seen the the Kulik brothers at Indie Expo? You know, so
1: yeah, the Kulick brothers wouldn't sell great in a nationwide tour, not to say they wouldn't be great. But aside from the Kiss nucleus, nobody cares. That's not a slam. That's just. That's just.
0: They wouldn't even get an opening slot with, say, Sebastian Bach, or (laughs) you know, you know, it'd be like Union touring again. You know, we all clamor for you know seeing John Karabi and Bruce back together on stage. That only really works economically at an expo or on a cruise on something specific and i'm sure bruce is very aware of where he needs to stay in terms of the business and taking bob out on sorry bob bob going out on the road with bob bruce would not be taking bob anywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, out, going out together would not necessarily be good to retaining the economics that bring people back to the cruise. I'm sure there are people going to the cruise because they've seen the videos of those performances either year, the year with Bob or the year without him, which either one, you know, has to be absolutely fantastic. And then you get basically the guy who um, wrote the solos to a lot of those songs, the uh, 78 Paul stuff, no longer being a part of it. So it's transformed you know, into the 80s Kiss. So he's yeah. really pushed out.
1: You know, I played with, with Bob Hulick, uh for the Kiss Cruise pre-party in 2013. And, and it was cool playing with someone who has such a, a history like that. He was he's a great player. I really enjoyed the way I played. I, I really enjoyed the way he played. So he, I had a pleasant experience with him. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really know. I don't like to get involved in who's pissing off who in, in, in the Kiss community. Because I, I don't really care. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where everybody wants their piece now that it's coming to an end. And that's really what I, 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 uh, I attributed to, you know, Bob wants his, his point in the spotlight and well it deserves So, I mean, he's was part of some of the, the, the cooler things that the band did and he was part of the, the solo records and he was part of the session players. So, you know, Bob just wants his, his spot in the light and good for him. Um, but that's not to say that Bob hasn't done anything outside of that. I mean, Bob's had a had a great career. He's been a professional musician for his entire life, as long as I'm aware, being a producer and, and doing other things. So, you know, yeah. Listen, if um, if it was up to me, and I can go out and see the the Keulick Brothers tonight, I would. But again, I'm such a I'm a diehard, so I'm I'm the people that they're playing to.
0: Yeah, I was just trying to think of all the things I could think to say about Bob without going on Wikipedia or you know Googling it, and that was just stream of consciousness. Everything I mentioned. I mean, what huh. was it? Uh, he was in a band called the Rand, the Random Notes, I think, in 1965. Put out a copy of Winchester Cathedral, which just missed becoming the hit at the same time another band put out the exact same song so <laughs> right from the get-go he's not been the luckiest guy if you think two bands released Lucha tried Catholic out for Cathedral, Kiss," you know? and one and one of them was a hit and it wasn't his and then Poor obviously guy. Guy. you know he, he he goes out for kiss and doesn't quite get it but then he's he does get a good i mean Come on Meatloaf in 78
1: Meatloaf come on yeah 70,
0: and he was there in 77 before Meatloaf took off So to have been part of that story because they were playing fucking clubs they had tre- I think they had Treasure open up Vinnie Vincent's band open for Meatloaf in 77 um and again that's I, I I could be totally wrong but I'm pretty sure that did happen so just think about that you know opening having Felix Cavalieri Young Rascals with some no one called Vinny open for you and then you go on to tour the world and in between that you're coming back and flying into Los Angeles to record with Paul Stanley uh, you know continue recording with him you know wow what a great career so you know he may not get the kudos or the respect that he gets but you know what he's got the resume to back it he up does. And, and come on every interview I've ever heard of him and I've heard some that are on tape that have You know, been transcribed, so you don't really get the, you know, he's talking about Kiss ruining Naked City. I want that's the one I really want to hear the original version of Badly. Um, I want to know how Kiss ruined that song, which he obviously and it could have
1: been something. It could have been tongue in cheek the way that he was telling the the story, and you just have these these words that don't hold any emotion. So maybe he's being tongue in cheek about it. You don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But 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 you know what? Now that you mentioned that, um, the You're All That I Want demo, smokes. The album version, so you can imagine.
0: Is he even on that? I don't
1: think he's not on that. But I'm saying, uh, I'm saying that the demos of Unmasked seem to sound different than what Unmasked ended up being ultimately. So maybe the demo of Naked City Smokes would end up on the record. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Again, it'd just be interesting. You know, the uh, what is it? uh, What was that song you just mentioned? The one I hate.
1: Oh, you're all that I want.
0: Yeah, thank you. Can't stand it. Um, you know, the
1: demo's was, awesome though.
0: Yeah, but it was recorded in seventy seven while they're on the road. So completely was different. It? Vibe. Was it
1: didn't yeah. they didn't they the one on the box set? It was a seventy seven recording? I believe hmm. so. And I think it's Alan Schwartzberger on the drums, right? It's not Peter.
0: I don't think it's it's Peter, but I, I don't think it would be Alan. Alan lived close uh, probably to uh Electric Lady.
1: Probably. I have to look time. I I, I have to look uh, on some of my notes, but I know I didn't know that that was I thought that was 7980 when that when that was it could have been even anton on it but I, I know for sure it wasn't Peter 100 percent not Peter
0: yeah never been a big fan of that let's see what are the topics that we have here because I'd like to just do a couple more uh, da, 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 da. we're not going to talk about him not going to talk about him either um, things to love about dynasty we were kind of talking about that return of kiss era Rammstein are the big boys, Oh yeah. Fuck.
1: Have you seen the Rammstein show? I watched a well, for, video of the show on They're YouTube. playing stadiums and 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 some of the, like when you see these bigger bands in stadiums, they have these like these things called delay towers where there is extra pieces of the PA that are blasting the sound up because it's so big, but Romstein didn't have that. Romstein had fucking flame towers. So, like, you're watching this show, and there's, like, flames in the middle of the stadium. Um, listen, he, here's the thing. Romstein plays to a different market and they're very good at what they do i'm not a fan but i respect what they do and, and they're a band that is huge in europe and they could really only play the u.s once every 10 years in a super limited capacity kind of like what iron maiden does iron maiden sells at every u.s tour because they only play 20 shows so all of the fans are going to all sides to, to go out go to these shows you know Ramstein is one of those bands that because they do so well in europe that they can play these european festivals and, and really bring out this stadium quality rolling stones-esque show let's break it down kiss has never been a stadium band have they played some stadiums sure but they've never been a stadium band they've never been a band like the stones or the who or garth brooks or bruce springsteen these bands that, that are selling 50 60 70 thousand seats a night they've never been so when, when you're selling those amount of people, you, you can put a little bit more back into the show, so um, I I do think that Kiss's end of the road show kind of leveled it up quite a bit. But man, that Ramstein show was incredible, that,
0: incredible. That and that is the difference because they are a stadium sized show. Well, you know, all of the effects and everything that you see are things that draw your attention in that massive kind of visual field because you don't see the band. And I I guess you have to know, it's like, again, coming back to the things I've been doing with Aerosmith, they backed away from the stadium shows after 1976 because they had gone in early and they were selling 80,000, 90,000 Pontiac Stadium. But people didn't know them as well then. So, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, people could leave it to their imagination to fill in what they weren't able to really see. You'd know that Jimmy Page is doing this, you know that, you know, Robert Plant's doing this because you've seen them in magazines, or you saw them before they went into the stadiums, so you mm-hmm. had a better idea. You know, if I went to a Ramstein show, I'd have no fucking clue, you know, because <laughs> I've watched a few stadium shows and kind of gotten a feel. I've watched their music videos. You know, I've listened to a lot of their catalog, but I still wouldn't get it within the context of what I was seeing at that show. No, me neither. You'd see the rockets flying around because they did that effect way before Kiss ever got their hands on it. You know, you'd see all the flames and the towers, the flamethrowers. You know, it really does kind of scale up to be, it's a battlefield.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and good for them too. I really I, I, I watched some clips and, and yeah, they're, they're they're the big boys, but but so is Kiss. You know, I, I think there wouldn't be a Rammstein without nineteen seventy seven KISS Alive two. And the greatest thing to talk about when you talk about KISS Alive Two is the greatest show on earth Encore edition that is gonna be streaming this Halloween. Facebook Facebook account's Greatest show on earth.
0: <laughs> Let's leave that there then. All right. Make sure you do go to Facebook, Greatest Show on Faith- Earth.
1: Yeah, facebook.com slash greatest show on earth kiss to see when you can see the greatest show on earth encore edition. But uh, come on to the Kiss FAQ. Let's, let's all talk kiss and let's just enjoy this for all that it is because it's going to be gone soon.
0: Yeah. And uh, actually, that was uh, just on the final note, and that was uh, end of the road touring data. There's some new numbers out there. They're up to yeah. 81 million gross. Off uh, 66 of 103 shows reported. So that just overall, that's your numbers. You know, they played to over 800,000 fans so far. Mm. Um, impressive. You know, and I, there's I still stuff to go. I, I don't care what anyone says about numbers. Numbers are irrelevant because every time I've gone to the show, I have enjoyed it and looked forward to seeing it again. Me too. Probably just like your film.
1: Me too. Me too. I've seen it six times, and I'm, I'll go again when they're back.
0: Alright, that's it for now, so from Andrew, Lonnie, Ken, and myself, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Hopefully Thank you the, so much. Thanks for having me back. appreciate it. it. Hey, you know, anytime. So, uh, that's it for now, and well, we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final, there are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today.